right away the question would you mind giving us an intro and telling us a little bit about yourself yeah so i obviously am uh kane facel you can always find me on twitter at devi underscore kane um i don't know i don't know what you want to know but um obviously my podcast is the devi marketplace podcast where we focus on values of devi players um, and dynasty players throughout the uh, year the goal is to make make it known right when we're buying and when we're selling players just to make sure that we're selling them at the right value because we all know that when we're playing devi leagues right it doesn't matter some sometimes who we have on our team doesn't matter right now because they're not scoring any points for us so we want to make sure that the people on our team are actually accruing value and they're actually accruing assets rather than ones that are going to decrease in value um, so that's the goal of our podcast. Um, yeah, um, other random things about me. Uh, I like to read a lot. Um, I'm married. Uh, if you follow, I'm, I'm married. I've been married uh, for about three years now. I have a little puppy named Winston, um, who is about a 10-month-old beagle. And he is Spitfire. Um, but it's certainly fun to have a puppy, that's for sure. Um, so I'm going to jump into the next question. It looks like someone wants to know who's my top quarterback for the 2024 class. Um, you know, that's actually a, a really good question. Um, right now, you know, it's not Caleb Williams. Um, I know a lot of people really like Caleb Williams. Um, I'm a huge fan of Kyle McCord. I think Kyle McCord is... Uh, currently my top quarterback in this class. Um, I, I just think he has incredible accuracy and I think he does just some really think some things just really, really well. And that's what we're looking for. Right. Um, it, it might scare people that he's listed as a pro quarterback, but I think nowadays even pro quarterbacks are at least a little athletic. Um, so certainly have to keep that in mind when we're looking at like our 24 seven rankings, rival rankings. Um, though I prefer 24-7 out of the two. Uh, next one, all the Debbie leagues I'm in have drastically less trading frequency than my normally league, normal leagues, especially C2Cs. Do you have any tips for fo- to foster Debbie trading activity? Um, yeah, I'm, I trade the most out of just anyone in any league I'm ever in. Um, I prefer to trade more than just anything else. It's kind of my favorite thing in the world. Um, but when we're looking at Devi League, C2C leagues, I think I think it's really important that you have a league chat and that you repeatedly talk about um, the Devis that you're willing to trade. And also, you just got to send offers. Um, you never know what people are trying to do. So I, I try to include that in any message that I send. Like, hey, I'm on a win now team willing to trade some of my Devi players. Uh, to get current NFL assets. So that's one way that I think is super helpful. Or you say, hey, I'm not really competing this year. Um, I have, you know, a couple tight ends, maybe three or four wide receivers that I'm willing to sell and list them and say, hey, I'm looking for some Debbie assets and some younger talent. At least that'll get people's idea as to what you're looking for. And I think that's a little more helpful. Uh, as a Gopher fan, how high do you have Bateman ranked among amongst fantasy-relevant rookies? So I currently have him at the 108 in a Superflex League. 
Um, he's currently my wide receiver two overall. I'm a big fan of Rashad Bateman. I think it's clear that he's the second best X receiver in this draft. Um, no, I'm not coming on to Smith as an X receiver because they don't believe X receiver, especially in the NFL. Um, but Bateman, I think one of the things he does really well is his ability to kind of move his body wherever the pass is thrown, especially if you're watching a lot of gopher games um, this season and this past season. You saw so many underthrown passes by Tanner Morgan because he doesn't have a strong arm. He's basically like um, even a worse version of Mac Jones, which is already scary. He He just can contort his body to catch passes really, really well. He does great on slants. Um, dig routes, anything over the middle, but he also does well deeper down the field. He has been known to get screens, things like that. he can work both inside and outside. So I think that's going to be appealing to NFL teams, especially as they're trying to really figure out what is the best way uh, to utilize him in the NFL. And I think that he's going to have a first round pick, but I think is going to be one of those guys that ends up moving down after this whole um, this this double counting phase that we're about to go in, right? So what I, what I mean by double counting is that if you like Devonta Smith, totally fine. If you like Devonta Smith and it's because of how athletic he is and how fast he is, that's great. But as soon as he runs the 40 at his pro day, that doesn't mean that you should move him up because of the 40 time, because you already said that he was fast. So there's no reason for, for that to double count again. Um, so just worry about that. And I think Bateman is going to be one of those wide receivers that ends up moving down to, due to this double counting period, especially when you have guys like Jalen Waddle, Rondell Moore and Devonta Smith that people are all going to be excited about. Um, but I think Bateman can actually run in the four fours. So I think that's going to be really exciting for some teams as well. Um, what does my tool suite look like? How do I curate my own Debbie player database? Um, I take a lot of the names right just straight from 24-7 and at least use their composite rankings for Debbie valuable players for skill positions and put them in. And then I move the rankings on my own. So I do that with it's currently in a spreadsheet, um, an Excel or, a, you know, the Google Docs um, sheets, but um, it will be changing to a different site soon. Um, do you have a thought out approach to C2C roster management strategy? Oh boy, do I ever, let me pull it up. Um, I just shared this with, um, my patrons the other day, because I think, I think two of them are, are going into a league together, a C2C league. And I think it's a really, really important conversation that some of these things really get missed. Um, so I'm going to pull up. You also have to realize I'm, I might be 27, but I'm super not tech savvy. <laughs> so you just kind of have to bear with me here as I try and figure out uh, where this is. All right. So, so the first thing is I, I need to know this. Then that completely changes my rules and the way that I look at a Debbie league. But if we're only talking about like 25 or 30% is going you can win on the college side. Well, then the college side doesn't matter to me at all. Um, I'm going to push to uh, have the best team on the, on the NFL side, because those are guys that are actually going to last for more than three or four years. Um, so knowing that my rules are as follows. Um, oh boy. Bear with me. I hit it again. 
Um, my my first rule is I'm going to draft Evie guys first. Um, I think that's the most important thing because I want them to be able to go to my team in the NFL side. So I want the best players to be able to to do that. Um, I I need to find where I bookmarked this. Uh, 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 uh. Saved items. All right. So don't draft college studs early that have no path to the NFL. I think that's the most important thing that people overlook. That's the first thing. Um, at least the first, for me, the first 10 rounds or so are all Debbie. So I'm only drafting players that have Debbie relevance. I'm not drafting anyone else. Um, I'm not drafting, regardless of how much I might like Chavon Cordiero out of Hawaii, I'm not going to draft him that early, even though I've made that mistake in the past because I just really like him. I'm not going to draft him that early just because I know he's not going to have as much value knowing that most of the money is going to be on the NFL side. Um, others aren't going to do the 10 rounds of Debbie and they're going to end up hurting because of it. And it'll give you a step up. So make sure that you're doing that. Um, the, the college year that they're in school, like when, if, you know, if you're deciding between a freshman and a junior, it matters less in this format to me. Um, I'm always going to go by my tiers. Normally my tier break or my decision between two guys would be based on how quickly they're going to go to the NFL, right? If it's, if it's a Debbie team, this way, it doesn't matter for me. So I don't look at that. And then if I'm trying to decide between two players, um, it's, it's the three question first. So the first one is, which one will make it to the NFL? That's, that's the first thing I want to ask if I'm looking between two players. Um, the second one is, which one will accrue in value? I only want guys that are going to constantly be accruing in value. I don't care about a guy that's going to decrease in value, de- decrease in profit. Uh, throughout his years in college. And then finally, I look at which one's actually going to get to the NFL faster. So I do that in that order, and that really helps me on uh, on my C2C teams. Um, best G5 school for C2C treasures. The first one's obviously Cincinnati. He's at outside of the obvious ones like SMU, ECU, even though ECU I don't think is one at all. UCF and Memphis. Um, Cincinnati would be a big one for me. I think they're just a really good team. And I think you're going to get a few guys like Jerome Ford and, uh, and Desmond Ritter that are at least going to be fantasy relevant, at least for a little bit. Um, but outside of that, I think Utah's on the come up a little bit. Um, Arizona state, I think is really interesting. Oh, but they're not, I suppose both those are in the pack 12. Um, Uh, Coastal Carolina right now, I think they have some guys that are really exciting, both Grayson McCall and uh, their running back. Um, his name is not at the top of my head right now. Um, someone put in the chat and remind me what his name is. Um, CJ Maribel, that's his name. Um, yeah, so I think they're one team that is is getting better. Um, oh, is Winston named after Jameis? No, uh, Winston is named after um, one of the characters from my favorite show, which is New Girl. So I absolutely love that show. So Winston is is part of that. And then my wife is also a big fan of racing. So right now she's watching the duels downstairs um, from where I'm recording this. And then um, so obviously, if you like racing, the Winston Cup, 
was a big thing. So both of us are kind of tied to the name Winston. So that really worked for us. Um, what are my thoughts on Arch Manning? It's good. He's good for what he is. It's hard, really hard to judge since he's not facing some of the best teams in the country, right? Um, so I'm going to reserve a whole lot of judgment because I know if I'm taking Arch Manning now, there's a whole lot of people that are going to be increasing in value faster than Arch Manning. How do you separate incoming five stars versus lower recruits that have produced in college? Um, their recruiting profile going into college doesn't matter. Um, when, when we're looking at the, the rookie draft, if I'm answering that question correctly. Um, if we're looking at just rookies, then it doesn't really matter for me. Um, but if you're asking an incoming five-star versus a guy that produced in college, um, and which one do I gravitate towards? I think it's the same questions. Which one's going to get to the NFL? Um, at least which one do I believe is going to get to the NFL? Obviously a whole lot of guesswork here. And then which one is going to increase in value? Usually the five star is going to increase in value a little bit faster for the most part. And they usually have a chance to make it to the NFL, though there's not a whole lot of statistical um, information that says that five stars versus other players necessarily have a better chance um, because they also need to, play at a power five school as well. And, and yeah, that's really what I'm looking for. Some deep C2C sleepers in the 2023, 2024 class. Yeah. So the first one that is going to be overshadowed a little bit is Chris Tyree from Notre Dame. Um, Kyron Williams is going to kind of overshadow him quite a bit. And that totally makes sense. Um, But I think he's a guy that we can't really forget. Um, Daniel Nagata out of uh, Arizona State. I think he's a really good player, I think. Um, same with um, Devin Achain out of uh, Texas a I'm probably saying these guys' name wrong. It happens for me. Um, I was a teacher, so we're just used to people, you know, teachers always say names wrong. I think Penny Boone is interesting out of Maryland. Uh, C2C-wise, Kai Thomas from Minnesota, I think. Um, I think another guy, Kobe Pace at Clemson is interesting uh, for me. One guy I was really high on that just kind of shit the bed a little bit uh, was Johnny Wilson out of Arizona State as well. Uh, he's super disappointing. Um, but if, we, if we're looking at just wide receivers of the 21 class, I'm just pulling up my rankings here and we're moving down. Um, I like Josh Downs at UNC. I think he has a real great opportunity to do some good things. Uh, AJ Henning out of Michigan. I really like him. I've actually talked to him before, and he's just a really good dude. I think Texas A&M is finally going to have a chance to do their best wide receivers on the field. Not really sure why that didn't happen before with Demond Damas and Moose Muhammad never really playing much. Um, so I'm going to hope for that to change. Uh, the dude out of TCU, Johnston. Um, I think he's really exciting pretty sure he was a four four star kid at tcu yeah quentin johnston um big guy so i don't know what the nfl is going to want him to do if he can put on weight and kind of be that tweener tight end i don't know what's going to happen there but i think it's going to be really really exciting 
Um, so those are some guys from the 2023 class that are kind of deeper. The 2024 class, let me pull up my ranking specifically for that one. If I'm, I'm going to start uh, at quarterback, my guy is Jackson Dart. I think Jackson Dart's actually going to win that job over Miller Moss as soon as um, Keaton Slovis is no longer the starting quarterback at USC. I think Jackson Dart is really, really exciting. Uh, coming out of Corner Canyon, Utah, he was actually a guy that I was drafting when he was still in high school, when he was still just a two or three star guy. I was really, really excited by the way he started the season. And because he started the season against the Fitting State Champions um, out of, I want to say, South Dakota. And, and he put on a show. So I've been really high on him since then. I think he's going to continue to do some really great stuff. So there's um, kind of my sleeper. Um, at the wide receiver, excuse me, at the quarterback position. If I'm just looking at running backs, um, a few guys that I'm really excited with. I think Cody Brown has a chance to do some interesting things at Tennessee now that both of the starting running backs have transferred. Um, Devin Neal going into Kansas. I think he's he needs to be a guy that we're we're constantly looking at. Um, let me pull up everything here. Trying to find some even deeper guys that I have higher than consensus. Um, Javion Hunt at Arkansas. I think C2C-wise, I think he's going to be exciting because there's going to be a lot of uh, carries and he's that someone's going to have to make up for there. So I, I want to look at that guy. Um, and then last one I would probably mention is Jordan Hornbeak at Fresno State. I think that uh, he's he has a chance to kind of go in there and do some good things. I'm a little higher on him than uh, my co-host Shane right now. Um, so I'm going to keep moving along. Uh, ooh, thank you guys for checkmarking this stuff. Um, aside from my own research, who's a name in the Devi world that you respect, follow, and trust most? Um, to be honest, it's probably Shane. Shane Hallam, at Shane P. Hallam on Twitter. He's He's my co-host. Um, I think he does a really great job of keeping everything draft focused. And I think that's why we work together on the podcast well, is that he everything he does is draft focused and how people are going to look in the draft while I only look at values. Um, so I think I think that's that's the most important part. And that goes right into uh, the most valuable lesson I've learned in Devi up to this point is there's going to be a lot of analysts that are are talking about their their ways to look at players well not they don't really go into their ways to look at players much they just say whether they like a player much and i think it's important to kind of look at um their the way that they're looking at them right so if you're just looking at my process my process is value-based um so i'm only drafting guys and wanting guys on my team that will increase in value it's the exact same thing that i do on the nfl side i only want guys that are going to increase in value there's no reason for for me to draft a guy, especially in the rookie draft, that will decrease in value or stay the same. It's the exact same re- reason why I'm not going to draft any tight ends, um, unless it's pretty late in this draft, because if we're already drafting Kyle Pitts in the first round, he's already being drafted at a ceiling, and there's no way for him to increase in value like like a quarterback would. So I don't know why you wouldn't want to take a quarterback over Kyle Pitts in a super flex league. Um, so I think the most valuable thing is is trying to figure out how everyone values not necessarily values but their 
their reasoning of what they do, right? So my good friend DF Bean Counter, he's super analytical. Um, so it's important to know which analytics that he's looking at and he finds the most important. When I'm looking at values, you know, that's completely different. But when it's just a guy that's purely looking at film, right? I look at film too, and I think films film for me is easier than um, than analytics just because I'm terrible with numbers. I'm awful at math. So that that's what I would do. Just if you're going to really trust a person, you need to follow or at least understand their process. Don't just blindly support what they're doing um, and make sure you're asking them questions because we need to be held accountable as much as anyone else. Um, in your Debbie leagues, do you tend to grab guys and wait for them to enter the league? Or are you constantly shuffling players before they enter the league to buy established guys? Um, that is a perfect value-based question. Um, so the reason why I do this, I trade a lot for NFL guys because their value is higher, right? So I love Rashad Bateman. And in the middle of the season, I traded Rashad Bateman for Allen Robinson straight up. Why do I do that? Because Allen Robinson is basically the ceiling for Rashad Bateman. So why wouldn't I want the NFL guy when I already know his talent? Sure, I love Bateman, and I, I'm pretty confident I know what his talent is. Because um, I the next question is about Rashad Bateman as well. But I think if we're looking at guys that are already in the NFL, they're already known assets. So I want them on my team. But yes, I think you can both grab your guys and wait for them to enter the league. But I think since I'm value based, I'm never going to I'm never going to not accept a trade that doesn't um, that doesn't meet my value criterion of of constantly increasing in value. Um, biggest, f uh, yeah, I am a Minnesota guy. I've season tickets to the Gophers. It's also where I went to college. Um, biggest strengths and weaknesses for Rashad Bateman. Um, yeah, so like I said earlier, his ability to uh, move his body around where the ball is going to go. I think he's also a terrific route runner for his size. His ability to sink his hips and use both his head and his feet um, together to um, move, to break both inside and outside, I think is really great. Um, another thing that he does really well is he's just a fluid mover. You can see it from the release off the line to him catching the ball. Just all of his movements are so fluid. Um, if we're talking weaknesses for Rashad Bateman, I think the biggest thing is um, he's he he's fluid off the line, but it doesn't mean his release is perfect. Um, I think he relies on his speed a whole lot more off the line of scrimmage than pure technique. So I think he needs to work on that. It's probably his biggest weakness. Um, any advice in general on how to value Debbie picks? I uh, yeah, um, I think the first thing that we need to look at first is how many teams are in your Debbie league. That's important. And then how many picks are already gone. So every year that we're looking at it, that's what we have to, we have to do. So we need to make a list of how many people are gone. So then that kind of gives you an idea of how to value a Debbie pick. Um, and the deeper a draft is, the less worthwhile the pick is going to be. That's just the way that it is, right? It's the same with a startup as you really get down there. If you're having to make a choice between Quez Watkins from the Eagles, right? And someone else, it's, 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 you're already not in good territory. 
Um, so that's that's something that you want to look at. Um, other things on just how to value a Devi pick. Um, the other thing is to look at trades that have happened that include Devi picks. So it can give you an idea of what the market is. It doesn't matter what I would pay for a Devi pick because I'm not in your league. Or if I'm in your league, then you just sell me the Devi pick. But um, if if I'm not in your league, it's really, really difficult for uh, me to value to value because it's such it's so market dependent. Um, so I would I would uh, look at the current prices that picks are going for, and I will tell you that the Devi the price of the person you make at the pick will be much higher than the price for the pick. Um, so let's say I have the 101 and in, let's just, let's just use this example as a rookie pick, right? So if I have the 101 and I draft Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is more valuable than the 101 because now the name is attached, right? It, it, that's just human nature because now there's actually a person attached to that and there's a name so you know exactly who it is rather than you know it's just the 107 well who knows if my top six guys if any of them are going to be there right so i think i think that's another way to just know that as soon as you make the pick um it's actually going to increase in value from excuse me from the pick itself i'm going to take a quick uh came in jack break i just found these I don't know if you guys like margaritas, but Cayman Jacks, I think, are pretty tasty. I hate tequila and all that stuff, but I think this tastes pretty good. Um, following up on this, can you speak briefly on startup picks and startup Debbie picks and post-startup Debbie depleted picks? That's something that people tend to point out all the time in trade talks, citing post-startup, it's super depleted, so I don't value those picks at all. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I'm I'm in one league that we draft I think either two or three rounds of Devi players every year. Right? So now those people are already drafted, but we still have rookie picks. So now guys are gonna sneak through the cracks of of some of those, right? So that's gonna be our Zach Willis Wilson's our Javante Williams, especially in a guy in a league where there's only like two or three rounds, right? But if we're talking about a league that's like eight rounds deep then it's really depleted. So that's when we talk about like depleted rookie picks or depleted Debbie picks. That means that they've already been drafted a whole year or two have already been drafted of these Debbie players. So it's, so it's not like your normal run of the mill startup of like, Oh, these are the Debbie picks that are on the board. You constantly have to be working on those um, because the pool just kind of keeps getting smaller and smaller. I hope that makes sense. Um, ask another question if if I didn't answer that the way you wanted me to. Um, aside from our Lord and Savior, Arch Manning is an obvious deep dart. What's the youngest person you've ever drafted in a Debbie League? Um, so I actually, my deepest league that I'm in is in its second year right now. So let me pull my team. I tend to not go super deep. Um, let me pull up my roster here. Um, so this is actually on Twitter. You can also look at this team. So if you go to Pinnacle of Devi, um, you can actually see all the guys that I've drafted. 
And that's also a full IDP league, and I know nothing about defense. So if you do, like, that's cool because I have no clue. Um, I don't think I've drafted. I think the youngest person I've drafted is in the 2023 recruiting class. So he won't. So they're finally eligible in 2026. But that's it's it's worth noting that this league had a hundred rounds, right? So the first year was a hundred round draft. So I think it's it's deep. Um, so that's kind of where where we have to take those guys because the value is just in taking those guys versus wide receiver six for Alabama. Um, hello, fellow Minnesotan man. Do you see a place where Tyler Johnson is relevant and has a wide receiver three or better in fantasy in the next year or so? Yes. I think that's really dependent on if they keep Chris Godwin or not. You know, if they keep Chris Godwin, it's going to be a really tough chance for Tyler Johnson to be to be that, especially if they still have Tom Brady as quarterback because they're going to take some pretty safe throws. Um, I think Tyler Johnson is a really good player. I've had the chance to talk to him in the next room. I actually have a signed Tyler Johnson jersey. Um, so, yes, I believe that he can break out. In what ways has my Devi prospect eval process changed since you started? I think it's changed a whole lot. Um, it's really changed to a value-based uh, process. Before, I was like, well, I just have to trust the film, and whatever the film says, that's what I have to go with. But now um, it's a lot more of trying to figure out who's actually going to increase in value and decrease in value, right? And and a lot of that's position-based. So quarterbacks become a lot more important to me in my new system. So I've been, I draft a lot of them now rather than passing those up. Um, with my current outlook on the next, oh, with the current outlook on these next few quarterback classes being poor, especially in 2022, who do you think are some guys that could shoot up the position? Yeah, so Michael Penix Jr. from Indiana, I think, is a really great shot. Um, two guys that, you know, could have a shot is Carson Strong out of Nevada, Grayson McCall, Gulf Coast of Carolina. They're both eligible next year. Um, <laughs> trying to think of some other names. These are some good questions. You're really um, getting me. Caleb Ellaby, real deep one from Western Michigan. I think there was a Western Michigan fan in here. So, so uh, you got a pretty good quarterback. Um, I think those are the best chances I think there are for there to be like this Joe Burrow, Zach Wilson type like explosion, I guess I would say. Um, uh, and then. With the current outlook on these next few quarterback classes being poor, especially in 2022, who do you think are some guys that could shoot up the position? And why in particular is it Haynes King and JT Daniels? Um, so JT Daniels, I like JT Daniels. I just think that he's just, he has a slightly better arm and a little more athletic than the last Georgia quarterback and Jake Fromm. I don't think he's necessarily special. Um, but I think he fits in a relatively weak 2022 class. Haynes King, I think, is interesting. 
um, he's he's fully going to have the task of of distri- distributing the ball to some really really good targets at AM. especially with a good running game, good tight end. Which sidebar, Jalen Weidermeyer, uh, I believe, is, has a chance to be better than Kyle Pitts. So take that for what you want. I'd be trading Kyle Pitts for Jaden Weidermeyer plus and be getting all those profits. Um, but Haynes King, I think, um, I think he has a shot, but I don't think it's too terribly high. Best he could be is the quarterback three of this class, of that class, especially with um, DJ Ukulele and Bryce Young. <laughs> Weird way to spell Dylan Gabriel and Phil Jerkovic. Um, you know, my my pal Shane is higher on Phil Jerkovic than I am. I don't think any of them are going to be valuable in the NFL. How do you value Debbie players in trades? Hypothetically, what would someone... Oh, those are two separate questions. Gotcha. Or are they two... No, they're the same question. Hypothetically, what would someone like Najee or Chase have been worth this past year in preseason? So I had Chase as, a t- as like a top 14 wide receiver before the even season even started. I think Najee Harris is like a top 20 running back. So that's the price I would have paid. Um, I think similar to how I had the question answered before for C2C leagues, my tiebreaker is always going to be guys in the NFL. So if I have Najee Harris as a top, at the beginning of the season, I had him as a top 20 running back. I have him as a top 20 running back, or I could trade him for, you know, another guy that's in, in the exact same range for me, then the tiebreaker would be who, who is, whoever is in the NFL. Or if we're talking like wide receiver twos, which I think are really, really important, right? You need a lot of wide receiver twos on your team, but guess what? Just about anyone can be a wide receiver two. So if you can trade one wide receiver two for a wide receiver two plus, well then, you know, you're always going to take the side with more value. Um, For dynasty players looking to become Devi degenerates, what resources do you recommend? Sites, articles, specific people on Twitter. Um, There's... the Devi Watch is pretty much the only site that's going to get really, really deep in in Devi stuff. I think DLF does a pretty good job of having like surface level Devi information. Um, specific people on Twitter, uh, Devi Deep Dive, which is Brandon Lejeune, he has a great podcast and um, puts up a lot of videos on YouTube and has an active Twitter about all that stuff. Um, so yeah, you know, if you want really, really deep stuff, you can always become a patron of the Debbie marketplace of so patreon.com slash Debbie marketplace, where we will basically help you all, all through your drafts and give you a ton of information. Um, all the, all the podcasts that we do each week are based on questions that you want to know about. We even did a full series about breaking down this most, this incoming uh, recruiting class. So we did one on quarterbacks, running backs, and then uh, wide receiver slash tight end. So there's a place for you to get all of that information as well. And and my own little plug there. What is your process for incoming freshmen? Yeah, so I think I think that's a good good question. I think when I'm looking at value, I want them to go to a school that's going to utilize their talents, right? So I don't want to draft a guy as high as Bo Nix was going and knowing that he's going to a really shit system at Auburn with Gus Malzahn. 
Sorry if any of you are Auburn fans, like go or Eagle or whatever the heck it is. But um, that just was not a good, a good fit because the offense didn't work. Um, I think the other thing that you need to look at is what's their path to playing time. And does that school has have a track record of, you know, getting guys to the NFL? I think all of that matters. Um, who are my two favorite incoming freshmen running backs and wide receivers? Um, let me tell you. Let me pull it up. <laughs> it's pretty pretty easy for the running backs. Um, Trayvon Henderson and Kamar Wheaton are my two top guys. For the running backs. Um, wide receivers, let me change my stuff here. Um, currently, my wide receiver one is Corey Brooks, even though I just sold him in a league. Um, but it's all about value, baby. And then my wide receiver two um, is Emeka Ibuka. I think Mario Williams is real close behind them. Um, let me get back to the questions. What minimal Devi side effort strategies have you seen that are successful? Is it possible to ignore the Devi side altogether and still construct a perennial contender? Yes. Um, it's very possible. Especially when um, Devi players and NFL players are in the same draft. I think it's very possible for, um, for people to just get really Devi heavy. And then another team just cleans up all the value. And they're going to have enough value because everyone's going to want to trade with them because everyone thinks that their team is good enough to compete the first few weeks of the season. And that's when you just clean up. So yes, there is, there's a chance for you to make a perennial contender um, without, with just ignoring the Debbie side, hundred percent. I've seen it happen many times. Um, one thing I've noticed in the Debbie world, how is how quickly Perception on a player can shift. One minute they're a guaranteed stud, and the next they're a rookie third-round value consensus kind of guy. How do you filter through the noise and find the guys who are most likely to find success? <clears throat> Real great question. Um, I think I think that's the world that we live in currently. Is that some people are more willing. Um, to put out noise than they are to put out substance. And I don't think that would surprise anyone in here. Um, but that's kind of just the way it is right now. And, and how do you filter through that and find the guys who are most likely to find success? Um, I think, I think that's where draft guys really come in helpful, right? Guys like Shane, guys like my friend, uh, Zach Petra and Matt Hicks. And and Travis May that are actually also draft focused. Excuse me. So I think that comes into play a lot because if you can finally see that if you're talking to them, they're like, oh, Max Borgie has no love in the NFL. Well, then Max Borgie should have never been high on people's boards. Right. Um, so it happens every year that that, you know, the fantasy community is higher on a guy. Um, who's that fella out of Iowa State? Um, Hakeem, whatever. Um, someone put it in the chat if if you know who I'm talking about. Um, 
There's a guy from Iowa State, wasn't there? That yeah, Butler. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, so you know, guys like that. Is, that there's guys in the, that are NFL draft guys that are saying that he never ha- really had love in the NFL. Um, so I don't know why we're ignoring that when, especially when analytical people are saying that the draft means so much. Well, if the draft means so much, then why are we constantly ignoring draft guys? So there's that. Um, building off of Solar and Diablo's questions, is there a Diablo? I just want to say Diablo is one of my favorite games ever. Um, I play a lot of video games. So Diablo 3 is one of my favorite games that I've ever played. I hope some of you all are also talking in the chat about how good Diablo 3 is because it is a very good game, one of my favorites. Um, and I'm still constantly trying to find the next uh, game that's kind of like Diablo. So I played Path of Exile for a while, and I thought that was a really, really good game as well. If you're looking for a free game, um, that's a free one. So so take a shot at that. Ooh, Path of Exile better than Diablo. Um, I think Path of Exile gives you a whole lot more customization, which I don't think Diablo gives you unless you're playing the um, kind of online stuff where you can go through the levels. You know, you can keep increasing the level or whatever you call it. It's been years since I've played it. But no, Path of Exile, I thought was almost impossible to beat at a harder level. Um, Especially with just two guys. So I was playing as an archer and my friend was kind of playing as a tank. It was just taking all the damage. So, yeah. Oh, I still haven't answered this question. Sorry. Uh, If you don't know me, I basically have ADD, so, you know, it's just the way it is. Is there a competitive advantage to acquiring blue chip prospects and flipping them before they enter the NFL for draft picks and then using those picks to buy surprise rookies? Um, Yes. If those blue chip Debbie prospects aren't increasing in value, right? It's not like I'm all of a sudden going to trade Bijan Robinson for Javante Williams. Like, no, Bijan Robinson is really, really good. Um, he, I think, what draft or Debbie Watch just put out a mock draft where he was the 102 after Spencer Rattler. So, yeah, I'm going to hold on to some blue chip guys, but if the value is there, 100%. Jacob and I drafted a bomb team in a 12-team Debbie League. Good job. I don't know what a bomb team looks like, so you'll have to prove. How early is too early to start thinking about who should draft the 112 next year? Um, you know, it doesn't actually matter until draft is here. Um, but I can tell you that the best way to increase in value is by looking at... Um, by... Sure, you can like map to see who could be there, but we're talking about increasing value. Like, you can trade the pick probably an amount. Like, it's 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 one twelve, so you're also going to win, I suppose. Um. So. So yeah, wait, who what was a dumb question? Which one? Tell me which one was a dumb question. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, that's pretty stupid, because it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't make a difference. Um, um, you want Someone want to throw a check on that one for me? Um, again, first time in a long time, <laughs> through the X. I love that. Well, Dink and Flicka. Oh, that's good. I also love the office references that some people have. Um, 
to see the prison mic picture pop up. That was pretty good. Um, from a WMU fan to U of M fan, how much do I like PJ Fleck? I like him a lot, man. I think I think the ways that he inspires guys to really give their all, I think that's really really important. Um, he it's clear that he inspires people to not just play but to try and succeed in all phases of life. And I think that's a pretty darn good motto. Um, but if you're all of a sudden gonna gonna talk about like like you know the reason why he had the rowboat mentality or the reason why we think that he had the row the boat mentality because there's two different reasons there um you know you can keep that off my timeline um if you could only watch five movies for the remainder of 2021 whether you've seen them or not which five movies would you choose okay so i have really weird taste in movies because there's almost something that i can enjoy about every movie but also normally when I go to the movie theater, I fall asleep. So I'm not sure if you heard me talking in the Debbie marketplace about that before, but I tend to fall asleep a lot in movie theaters. It's just the way that it is. Um, but which five would I choose? I think one is green book. I think green book is a movie that everyone should watch. It's also just a fantastic movie. Um, the Princess Bride is just fantastic. I think it's just an incredible movie. Um, I, I feel like this would be easier if they were in series, like different series. Um, probably Ant-Man. I think Ant-Man's just a fantastic movie, and it's just really funny. Um, so probably that one. And then... I have more. Um, I feel like I should choose The Irishman because then at least I get like 90 hours of content, right? Because that movie's like a million hours long. Um, but probably Elf. Definitely Elf because I also love Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. So um, Elf would totally be up there. And then probably Home Alone. So those would be my five. Um, how was the Singapore Mayfoon? It was really good. I was I was surprised with how it turned out. Um, my wife also got me a walk for my birthday, so it was it was nice to be able to use that as well. Um, any other unique meals I enjoy preparing? Um, so I cook a lot. Um, my wife will agree that she's not a good cook, so I cook most of the meals in her house. Um, I recently got a smoker. Well, I got a tray or so, so I put a smoker. And I have a lot. I have learned a lot of like preparing meat and smoking it. I think that's been really enjoyable. Um, other unique meals that I enjoy preparing. Like, I'm a Minnesota boy, so I love hot dish, or as you goofballs in the rest of the country might call it, a casserole. Um, absolutely love hot dish. What are some other things that I enjoy preparing? Um, Um, ooh, I guess I don't necessarily enjoy preparing them as much as I enjoy eating them, just out of you know pure necessity and flavor. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll keep thinking on that. Other meals will pop in my head. 
throughout this, and I'll just randomly yell them out. Um, also, just stir fry in general. I love stir fry because I enjoy, believe it or not. Uh, I love fast food, but I also love vegetables. So anytime I can get like good vegetables in a stir fry, that's always fun. Um, especially water chestnuts. Water chestnuts for life. Um, who are your favorite non-Power 5 prospects in each of the next three classes? Who? Uh, let me pull them up. Um, I'm just going to tell you some names here. Let me scroll down. I don't know if I have... I don't have team names listed on some of these guys, so it's hard for me to just like slice through them. Um, like CJ Johnson's okay. Um, um, anyone from Louisiana Lafayette because I absolutely love them. I feel like I've touched on some some of those guys already today, tonight. Um, I think it's worth mentioning that the hit rate on guys not in Power 5 conferences are very low. Um, a guy I really like is George Halani out of Boise. Um, you know, you have Raymond Davis out of Temple. Um, but there's not a lot that are, like, super exciting to me other than the ones that I've already mentioned. Um, I know that was a shit way to answer that question, so I apologize. Why is it Dante right? Like, Dante Wright's fine. Um, yeah, he's just okay to me. And that's something that's super exciting. I'm sorry if you really, really love Dante Wright. Oh, uh, I didn't realize that it said 21 guys. Yeah, um, Jonathan Adams Jr. is probably my favorite guy. I really like him out of Arkansas State. Reggie Roberson's good. Um, here's a guy out of, out of Houston, Marquez Stevenson, you know, Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo, um, Jalen Darden and Warren Jackson don't excite me. I'm sorry. Um, Warren Jackson can't separate. So sorry. Sorry, Jacob. Um, here in this discord, we have what are called chewy bets where the loser has to drink a beer or shot of alcohol from a shoe. What does it take you'd be willing to bet a shoey on? Um, all the takes I make. <laughs> um, I, I have a tendency to stand by the takes that I make. But if we're looking at one specific one, um, it'd be that A.J. Dillon has at least one top 24 season in the NFL. I totally think that's going to happen. I think he's a really good running back. So A.J. Dillon for life. Um, not a question but this looks bang yeah so look up Singapore Mei Foon it's really good um, and it it has something in it called uh, Char Siu I believe it's pronounced I'm not 100% um, sure um, if, if that's like normal to people but Char Siu is like almost like Chinese barbecue pork. And it was really good. Um, so look into making that because, you know, it's it's pretty neat. Um, join the, I'm already in the voice channel. But thanks, Sam. 
That's a beautiful beard. Thank you. Um, it's called not shaving for a while. Who's your favorite 2021 rookie draft value pick? Um, Brevin Jordan. The idea that Brevin Jordan and Kyle Pitts are so far apart from each other is complete nonsense to me. Uh, especially if you look at analytically, like they're pretty close to each other. Um, one just got to touchdowns. Uh, so, yeah, that's one guy I certainly want to look at. Another guy is Javian Hawkins from Louisville. I think I think there's a bunch of different factors to look at. If, if we look at just who his agent is, it's Rosenhaus. So it's clear that Rosenhaus uh, is going to be able to hype up his player enough to increase his, uh, his draft status. Um, yeah, so I went over... Why we named our dog Winston? Um, what book would you give? Books would you give someone as a gift? So it really depends what they're into. If they're into like fantasy books and they're kind of younger, um, I would look into the King Fountain series. It's absolutely fantastic. It's actually um, there are two trilogies, but the story actually continues. Just the narrator shifts. Um, if it's someone that loves historical fiction, I would look at the Culper Ring series by by Brad Meltzer, um, where if if you all know your history, the Culpering was um, something that was happening during the Revolutionary War as a way to pass um, messages back and forth between um, generals in on the American side of the Revolutionary War, and the the idea of that continues and basically is saying that it's what if that continued and it protected uh, George Washington, right? When George Washington became president, then all of a sudden it protects the presidency. So whoever the president is, it doesn't necessarily protect the president, but it protects the seat of the president. Um, so I think that's that's pretty cool. Um, a book that I'm reading right now is Paddle Your Own Canoe by Nick Offerman, who's uh, Ron from Parks and Rec. So yeah, I think that book's absolutely fantastic. I'm working on reading 12 books this year, so one each month. And so far, I'm about a book and a half down. Of course, awesome. I'm from Philly. Seen him live twice. Do you enjoy it from Philly, though? Like, it can't be super exciting. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, one of my best friends is from Philly, so still lives in Philly. His arm is crazy already, and he was 60. Yeah, so Concord, dude, has just a slingshot. I think I'm going to be curious to see who's actually going to win that job. I feel like C.J. Stroud is going to win win out on that job, but I don't mind, you know, C.J. Stroud's really only going to be there for the next two years. So, you know, if McCord wants to wait for a couple of years, maybe eventually take over C.J. Stroud, uh, we'll see how that's going to react. As a trend, you find yourself more likely to react slowly to news and performance or react quickly, um, very slowly. Um, I tend to move slowly because um, if, well, let's just look at stocks, right? Just stocks in general. Um, if if your look is to be, is to have eventual long-term value increase, then, right, we didn't want to sell GameStop and AMC stock as it was rising, right? You want to sell at their peak. Um, so we got to have diamond hands. So um, 
yeah, I react slowly because one good performance doesn't actually change the value of someone as much as we think it does. Um, so that's that's why I react slowly. I I know I react slowly, and sometimes that burns me. But I would rather be burned being slow than taking advantage of of a shift and move quickly and get you'll get burned much more if you react quickly to everything. What big lesson did I learn from the 2020 season? <laughs> that the only hope is to make the playoffs. What happens after that in fantasy playoffs? It just is what it is. Um, do you prefer combined Debbie or rookie drafts each year or separate? I prefer them to be combined because I think it's just a little more exciting. Um, if you prefer the latter, do you give the same last place team? So that's that's the exact reason why I enjoy combined drafts. Um, because if they're not combined, then the last place person gets a huge leg up. Right? It's like if this year I had the 101 and I have now both Zach Wilson and, or no, last year, so I would have Joe Burrow and Bryce Young. Talk about a huge step up. Like that's really gonna boost your team quickly. So I don't think that's that's a way to do it. Um as someone that's never played Debbie before, what can you say to convince me to give it a shot? Uh do you like trading? It gives you more assets to trade. That's that's really what it is. Um it just gives us more options to trade. So I think that's the easiest way to convince one someone. It's like, oh yeah, I like fantasy football. I like trading. Like, then try Debbie League. Like, it doesn't have to be the deepest Debbie League that you've ever seen right away. Like, there's just no need to do that. Um, but you know, just feel comfortable with it. It can even be like a one or two round thing. Um, and you'll just kind of dip your dip your toe in. Just kind of test the water. That's okay. I'm going to take another Cayman Jack break. Is anyone else drinking tonight? Throw that, throw that below if you're drinking. Um, any later 2021 rookie wide receiver sleepers we should look out for? Um, I think my big one is Jonathan Adams Jr. Um he is probably my favorite kind of deeper guy. I'm just trying to pull up some other rankings that I have since they're in a different spot. Ooh. Give me one second. Um, yeah, I also want to make sure I'm also checking some DLF ADP because I don't actually know like you know, who is a deep sleeper at this point um, because the ADP moves so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they don't fully have the ADP out yet. Um, some deeper wide receivers. I think Anthony Schwartz is going to move up pretty high when it comes to uh, the draft. 
I'm a big fan of Shai Smith out of South Carolina and Wap Filor out of Indiana. Um, some other wide receivers. Um, Simi Fihoko out of Stanford. This is if we're getting real deep. Another deeper guy is Emir Smith-Marset, sadly out of the state down south of me, which is Iowa. What if you did an extra draft each year to select draft picks? Last place gets to pick which 101 they want. Um, like, I don't mind that. I think it's just a better process overall to put them all together. Um, that's basically like a derby draft, and, like, that's fine. Um, but I think, I think it'd be better if they're just all put together because then no one has to show their clear intentions yet. Um, so yeah, that's not my favorite way to do it, but I think if you're setting up a Devi and a startup, so if you're setting up a Devi league and you're doing the Devi draft and the startup separate, I think a Derby is the best way to do it. Um, or damn Eagle, whatever that means. Yeah. I don't know what it means. Uh, trade pits for Weidermeyer. Trade pits for Weidermeyer plus. So it the amount that you could get added onto Weidermeyer for pits would 100% make it worth it for me to trade. Like you, it's probably you could trade pits for Weidermeyer plus Tylen Wallace plus something. That's enough for me. Um, Jalen Berger or Kamar Wheaton. Feels like Berger has an easier path to ascend in value given he has blue chip who got 15 carries in every game. Yeah, you're right. Versus Cam who probably won't get a ton of playing. T- yeah. Um, I still think Cam wins better. Um, I think Jalen, one thing with Jalen Berger is that his pad level is too high, uh, which doesn't really fit in the Big Ten and he'd be much more productive if he lowered his pad level. Um, so that's one thing for me there. All right, you guys just say and. Keep Butler. I don't know why I couldn't remember that last name. Um, I'll have to think more on the Path of Exile over Diablo bit because that kind of is a good question. Why do you ask this after we select Burger? Like it totally makes sense to draft Burger, right? Um, I think I think if we're looking at pure talent, I think uh, Wheaton is is more talented than Jalen Berger, but I think Jalen Berger is going to increase in value faster and you're going to be able to trade him. Like I just traded Jalen Berger. I traded Jalen Berger. Um, I can pull up the trade here because it's in discord. Um, traded Jalen Berger, Corey Brooks and Zach Charbonnet for Austin Eckler. So it's clear like those guys have value. Um, so Yeah. Oh, I see some fitty here. Uh, Where am I? All right, there it is. Uh, Due to your Devi knowledge, who is your your one quarterback, 2022-101? Isaiah Spiller. Um, Brees Hall season. I have Brees Hall as my running back three. I think Brees Hall is really, really similar to David Montgomery. And then the best we're looking for is a, is a wide receiver too. Can you explain what Skyu Ma means? Um, yeah, so Skyu, it was originally um, 
a Sioux word that they overheard and was actually incorrect. So they overheard Skyu, um, which they they thought it meant fight, which so Skyu is not a Sioux word, nor is it meaning fight. Um, and then the ma was just added so it fits the rouser or the song. Because it goes ra 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 for Skyuma ra 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 ra. That's part of the rouser. So they did that just to uh, have it fit. <laughs> Let's fucking go reacting to all of my takes. Well, okay. So if you're going to put a take out there, then stand by it. Man, I, we see too many of these people that just put out hundreds of takes a day and then either when they're wrong, they say, oh, I was wrong because of this other external factor that I didn't know that would happen. But you still said it. Um, you're only as good as your word. Because I live in a small town and your word means everything. So um, if I can't stand by the things that I say, then then I'm not true to myself. Um, Oh, you guys want me to watch a shoey? All right. I'll try and fast forward. Uh, oh, oh, oh. I love the music in the background. That's great. Um, I'm proud of whoever this is. He spilled a lot. I like the mask too. That's pretty cool. Like a luchador. <laughs> Fucking Al. Why is Al making him take shots? Fucking Al. Uh, Philly's legit. So I actually want to uh, go to Philly um, because one of my good friends, um, Shane Manila, lives out in Philly. Um, so I was going to go out and visit him, mainly because I just love eating. But yeah, that's exactly my point, right? When we do the Rookie 101, the Devi 101, like someone is just getting crazy, crazy value. Um, Kevin Harris went undrafted in Debbie League. Did we mess up? No. Um, the reason why you didn't mess up is because there's one guy that everyone seems to be forgetting right now, and that's Marshawn Lloyd. The idea that Marshawn Lloyd isn't going to take a lion's share of that of that backfield, I think, is pretty hard to believe, especially when the whole offense is going to shift now that Shai Smith isn't there. Um, who's my running back to in 2022? That's Eric Gray who's now at Oklahoma, because I think he's going to uh, yeah, he's going to be really good. Um, yeah, that was a pretty long video to uh, react to, but if you put one in here, I'll watch it. Um, that's what she said. Oh, so good. How many of my drafts do I do in person? Um, now zero. Um, the one team that uh one the one league where we did do that um 
it just kind of fell apart. So we don't do it in person anymore. Um, I'd like to, because I think people make mistakes if they do it in person. Um, I guess I did one in person last year, um, which was, or was it two years ago? Yeah, two years ago at Canton. Um, so we did a live draft at Canton, Ohio. Um, that was pretty cool. Any other questions you got for me? Is that it? Um, if, if if I didn't get to your question, like drop it real quick. I'll I'll hang around for a little bit. Um, thanks for doing. This. Thank you for having me, man. It's um, I always enjoy being able to talk football with someone other than my wife. She, it's clear that she really tries to understand football, but uh, she just doesn't quite do it. Uh, but she'll go with like games and stuff. She just doesn't fully like understand everything. <laughs> oh, no, he's just making fun of you. That's good. Um, any plugs you'd like to make? Yeah, if you can always follow me on Twitter, Debbie underscore Kane. Um, our podcast, The Debbie Marketplace, where we took take a whole different look at Debbie fantasy football. Um, it's not going to be the same as every other Debbie analyst. In fact, there's no one else that kind of looks at the same game at the game the same way that we do. Um, that's why I think it's it's uh, pretty special. Um, but yeah, you can always become a patron at patreon.com slash Devi Marketplace. There's a $3, $5, and an $8 tier. Um, so whatever you're comfortable with, feel free to uh, swing over there. I think the $5 one's the best one. So you also get the chat um, so we can help you with your uh, Devi and C2C drafts live. Um, and help as much as possible. And then you can even put in the chat what you want the podcast to be about so you can uh, get our takes as much as possible. Um, and there's going to be some new info that will be dropping soon um, about kind of some other things that will be doing this offseason. And, uh, and who knows how long that's going to go. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of it's kind of that. Um, I'll hang around a little bit in case any of you guys that are still live with us have some questions. I, I can keep hanging. I'm pretty sure my wife's watching a movie at this point. It's kind of her thing. Yeah, I would um, also suggest that, like, if you are getting the itch for a draft, like, go and take a peek at the pinnacle of Devi and just, like, how deep that league is. Um, the 101 of this league um, is a defensive end named Grayson Halton, in case you know him, who's still in high school. So, yeah, it's a super crazy deep league. So, like, check that out. I think it's, um, I think it's it's a really fun league to be a part of. My wife's giving me the side if you're interrupting your movie. Like, go grab a snack. Like, if you got some M&Ms or, like, popcorn or something. Like, make a bag of popcorn or, like, give her some M&Ms or something. Be like, hey, sorry for interrupting. At least that works with my wife. 
Um, if you just give her any treat at all, it basically makes things like a whole lot easier. Um, I, oh, I was gonna go back to like um, other meals that I enjoy making. Um, I love cooking steak. Steak is probably one of my favorite things to cook. That woody flavor, because I always use, I my preferred pellet is hickory. Um, my my steak preference is medium rare. Um, nothing in my house gets cooked past medium rare. If you want a steak cooked past medium rare, you should go somewhere else, or just order leather, and eat that. Um, if you want meat that was just going to be destroyed anyways, just order a hamburger. Um, I don't understand getting really, really good cuts of meat and then destroying it. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, so yeah, also, like, one, one of my good friends owns a place that makes steaks, so he owns a restaurant that makes steaks. So um, if I don't want to make them myself, I just have him make them for me. Um how long have I been playing in Debbie leagues about three years? Um, I was really big into the NFL draft stuff before I got into a Debbie league. That's actually how I got into all this. Um, I decided to make a website with my brother about like just some NFL draft stuff that we were doing. And um, yeah, it was really fun to do it. And then one of my friends, the guy that lives out in Philly chain Manila was like, uh, you're, you got to be like doing this at least somewhere bigger. Um, so I ended up, I went to DFF and I was writing there and I was in charge of all their Debbie stuff. And then I ended up going to DLF and was writing. Debbie. And then we made the podcast and that seems to be my favorite medium to talk about Debbie leagues. So I prefer talking about it. Than writing about it. Even though I was an English teacher. I mean, it's a great question. Not 100% sure. It could be anything. I 100% don't keep track of how many leagues I'm in. Because I feel like that just gets me into trouble. We have a house that any amount that I spend on fantasy football leagues, my wife is allowed to, to spend that on clothes. Um, and I don't want my wife That's uh, kind of how it works in our house. Um, and then I touched on my state preferences. Excuse me. Yeah, it's, I don't know if it's necessarily a fair system. Um, the clothes don't have a chance to make money back. But um, 
you know, I guess in my, my wife enjoys shopping and that makes her happy. So that's about good enough. Exactly. Happy wife, happy life. That's really all can do. Um, any other questions that you got for me? No. Nope. All right. It's it's not that I dislike the CSU people. I think it's when you're only looking at value, it doesn't really matter who it is. Um, I just don't see a clear path where they would increase in value. And I would rather take a shot on someone that does increase in value than someone that doesn't. All right. Well, that seems to be all of it. If you have any additional questions, feel free to just like, Send me a DM or something on Twitter, Debbie underscore Kane. Feel free to uh, talk to me over there on Twitter. Ask me any questions you got.